the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Shalom and welcome to Heart of Messiah Radio Broadcast. My name is Steve Weiler and I'm the lead rabbi of Shoresh David Messianic Synagogues. Currently we're serving in Wesley Chapel, St. Pete, South Bay near Riverview and Tampa. We welcome all visitors as we desire to see those who are Jewish and not Jewish worshiping together in unity. We're honored to serve the listening audience of AM 570 WTBN and 910 WTWD, Tampa Bay's Faith Talk. Shalom. It is great to be with you again. Let us pray. Avinu Malkeinu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you. And worship you, Lord, and thank you for this day that you have made. And we will rejoice, and we will be glad in it. Lord, you are our Father. You are our King of kings and Lord of lords. And we are here to serve you and to just adore you and to give you glory. So, Father, pour out your Spirit upon this program today as we look at prayer and more prayer, and more prayer. For Lord, that is that is how we come into your presence. That's, that's how we communicate with you. And so, Father, make us prayer warriors. I pray in the name of Yeshua. Amen. That's right. Uh, today, once again, we talk about prayer. We've uh, spent a number of weeks on prayer. And today's going to be a little different, but before we get started today, let me mention that uh, it would be a blessing if you could help us financially to support this radio program as we are uh, definitely under our budget, but uh, but your generosity helps us stay on the air, so it, it would be a blessing if you could help us. You know, and you do that by calling Karen at 813-831-5673 or go to heartofmessiah.org and press the donate button. Now, um, as we begin this message today, I'd, I'd like to share some things from my personal life. And um, they, I think, have great importance about the subject that we're going to be talking about, which is prayer. Um so stay with me, uh, and uh, I will put it all together, I'm sure, <laughs> okay? Because I'm, I'm really going to be talking today about being committed to and persevering in prayer. You know, when I received Yeshua into my life, it was the greatest commitment and the most important commitment 
that I would ever make in my life. When I was 18 years old, I made this commitment to God. Uh, though I was brought up in a Jewish household, I had no concept or faith of, or belief. Uh, but I went to see the movie, The Greatest Story Ever Told, and walked out a believer. I accepted the Lord. It, it, this movie is from the gospel. And I accepted the Lord on the spot without anybody sharing with me, without having any foundation or knowledge of what to do next. I had literally no idea what I was doing. I had nobody to help me figure out what I was supposed to do. I didn't even own a Bible, and I had no idea what God was going to require from me on that day. But I made a commitment. I wasn't ready. There was so much I didn't understand, but I made a commitment. And God and I have been together for 55 years. Now, you might be asking, what does this have to do with prayer? Have patience. Let me first tell you about the other major commitment in my life, and then I'll explain how prayer is involved in these two commitments. I had a similar major commitment, the second major commitment in my life, five years later after I accepted the Lord, when Pat and I, my wife, got married. I was 23 years old, and I can say, looking back, I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. I had no idea what Pat or marriage was going to require of me, but I made a commitment. I wasn't ready. There was so much I didn't understand, but I made a commitment. And a few Saturdays ago, on the 6th of February, was our 50th anniversary. Now, the most important thing that I've done to keep my commitments to those two relationships is to pray. In both relationships, I have had what I perceived as great times and bad times. But it was in my quiet time with God that I worked all this stuff out, especially the bad stuff. I vented in prayer. I got rid of my anger in prayer. I got rid of frustration in prayer. I also received joy in prayer. I received confidence in prayer. I overcame my insecurities in prayer. I can honestly say that the most important thing that I have, all the things that I've entered into that have been important, I was not ready for, including all the various jobs I've had all my life. And I have had a number of them in the past before becoming a rabbi, and especially becoming a rabbi. I was not ready. But without prayer, I got to tell you, I would have been lost. I would have fallen apart. I would not be speaking with you today. So let me explain a little further. Matthew 17, 20. And he said to them, meaning Yeshua said to the disciples, because you trust so little, amen, I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Now, first of all, 
he said, because you trust so little that, you know, they couldn't figure out why somebody wasn't getting healed, right? So let me explain how I see this verse. The mountain represents those things that block success, especially emotional mountains, which we all seem to have. As I pray with faith, the mountain is removed and I have hope because God promised that nothing will be impossible for me. And that's how I have lived my life. I've sought to remove mountains by the power of Yeshua, my Messiah. I have taken the authority that he has given to me and all things that have stood in my way, especially those things that I have caused because of insecurity and other emotional dysfunctions, I have pushed them away through the power of prayer. I've overcome them with the power of prayer. This verse explains how I can keep my commitments to both God and Pat. Through prayer and faith, my emotional mountains are removed. When your emotional mountain is removed, the emotional baggage in your life, it allows you to keep your commitments with joy and peace. And when you keep your commitments, you have integrity. Luke 18, starting with verse 1. Then Yeshua told them a parable to show that they should always pray and not be discouraged. If I didn't read more than that, that should be enough. Yeshua told us, always pray. How much is always? <laughs> you know, <laughs> always is always, right? And not to be discouraged because we don't always get the answer to our prayer the way we want it or when we want it or how we want it. So Yeshua is already knowing that and he's saying, look, Always pray, but don't be discouraged. And so he gives this parable. He said there was a judge in a certain city who's neither feared God nor respected people. And there was a widow in that city who kept coming to him saying, Give me justice against my opponent. He was unwilling at the time, but afterward he said to himself, Although I don't fear God or respect people, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I'll give her justice so she won't wear me out by her incessant coming. Then the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge is saying. Won't God do justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Now let me stop there. Verse 7 says, Who cry out to him day and night. There is no reason for us to cry out to God for day and night unless we have not received an answer to prayer yet which means we have to wait on God, which means we are not necessarily getting our answer exactly when we want it. But God is merciful, and so he says, will he be slow to help them? Now, I I think that's a funny verse because, well, maybe in God's timing he's not slow. In my timing, if it's not now, it's slow. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Do you feel the same way? But but God is saying he's going to take care of this. And then he says, I tell you, 
he will quickly give them justice. And again, quickly is according to God. But when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? And this should sober us up a bit concerning our prayer life, the connection between faith and prayer. And so he's drawing that connection. Will we, will, will God find us faithful when he comes? So James two seventeen and uh, verse 26 both say, faith without works is dead. So what are my works? My work is prayer and persistence in prayer. Okay, that's my work of faith. It's prayer and persistence in prayer. From this scripture, I gained strength to know that I would need perseverance in prayer to keep my commitments. So perseverance, what, what is it? Perseverance would be the continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure, or opposition. Is that clear? So prayer in, with perseverance means we continue to pray despite the difficulties or failures of getting what we think is the answer when we should get it, or opposition. And I can really relate to this definition because I've had plenty of difficulties, failures, and opposition, yet I'm able to persevere because of my commitment to God and my commitment to my wife, but in particular because of my commitment to prayer and the relationship with God that ensues from that commitment of prayer. Does this make sense? I hope somebody out there is saying amen. I've persevered in prayer through good times and through bad, through struggles. I pray. I have two life verses that I've prayed, meditated on, and it allowed them to define, so to speak, my direction in my life. The first one is Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. And though it does not talk about prayer, I pray this verse a number of times a week. So the fact that it doesn't say anything about prayer doesn't mean it's not a prayer verse. For me, this is a prayer verse because this is who I want to be. In fact, in the book of Luke, this is who Yeshua said he was. So how fitting it is that this is what I would want to be, right? The Ruach, the Spirit of the Lord God, Adonai Elohim, is on me because Adonai has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of Adonai's favor and the day of our God's vengeance, to comfort all who mourn, to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called oaks of righteousness, the planting of Adonai, that he may be glorified. 
they will rebuild. In other words, the people that I'm ministering to or you're ministering to or the people in this scripture that is that are being ministered to, they will rebuild the ancient ruins. They will restore former desolations. They will repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. And boy, do I want to see that happen, that the people who come after me, the people who I've ministered to, will repair the ruined cities of our country, the desolations of many generations. The other life verse that I have does deal with prayer. And it's Philippians 4, 4 through 8. So let's look at these verses in light of committing to and persevering in prayer. Philippians 4, 1. Therefore, now, the reason we start with therefore, uh, verse 1, when actually my life verse is 4 to 8, is because I want to explain the background a little bit to what we're about to get into. So Philippians 4.1 says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my loved ones. So you can hear, this is a fellow who is passionate about, about his love for the people that he's writing to. And he says, not only to stand firm, but I'm going to show you how to stand firm. Do it in this way. So it's not a rebuke. It's an encouragement. And so now we can go to Philippians 4.4 because it's in this way that we are to stand firm in the Lord. So 4.4. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Now look, (laughs) funny enough, the word always again is used, and as I always say, how long is always or how many times, right? It's always. It's always. But the funny thing is that God says, again, I will say rejoice. So if you didn't get what always meant, I'm going to repeat it for you. <laughs> I love it. Don't you love it? We are to rejoice. It's a commandment of the Lord. We're to rejoice in him always. Look, I, I, I meditate on this idea a lot because the world wants me to focus on my failures and disappointments and the things that hurt me. And and I don't need much help to be disappointed. You know, I want success. I want things to go my way, right? And when they don't, it makes me sad. It makes me irritated and so on. But God says to rejoice in the Lord always, which means, number one, that I am able to do it by the power of God's Spirit. And secondly, if I'm focused on him as number one, I will do this because it's a commandment. In my commitment to the Lord, I can't allow anything to steal my ability to rejoice in him. Make sense? Second, uh, verse five, let your gentleness be known to all people. The Lord is near. And when I'm disappointed, I don't want to take it out on other people. I still want to be gentle. And that comes from rejoicing in the Lord. It says God is near, so I try not to behave in harshness because I had a bad day. But I try to be gentle and kind and filled with the fruit of the Spirit. And you know what that is, Galatians 5.22, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So in verse 6, it says, do not be anxious about anything, 
But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. See, anxiousness is not of God. And we are not to be anxious. But by everything, we are to pray. Look, I, I, I try not to let it define my anxiousness, my behavior, my messages, my thoughts. So I pray about it. I petition God with perseverance, with thanksgiving, and, and rejoicing. Because, look, thanksgiving means to rejoice with the right attitude. And so this is my job. This is what I am supposed to do as a disciple of the living God. And if I do what I'm supposed to do, the shalom, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, which means nobody's going to understand this peace, will guard your hearts and your minds in Messiah Yeshua. And I need my heart and my mind guarded. Verse 8. Final, and this is sort of the clincher of it. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any virtue and if there is anything worthy of praise, dwell, live. Dwell means to live there. Live on these things. And so how does this affect my prayer life? Well, I don't spend a lot of time praying about negative things. I spend a lot of time in praising God and dwelling on the things that I'd like to see happen. I, I pray uh, on wh- who God is. And, and, and so my prayer requests are trying to follow this advice, which is if there's any virtue, if there's anything worthy of praise, dwell on these things. And then it says, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, put these things in practice and God of Shalom will be with you. Paul's a great example of this. He persevered, continued his effort to do and achieve something despite all the difficulties, failures, opposition. He had it all. He was committed to God and prayer. Commit yourself to pray. Commit yourself to persevere. In Psalm 37, it says, Commit your way to Adonai. Trust in him, and he will do it. You know, in Hebrews eleven twenty-seven, Moses left Egypt not fearing the king's anger, for he persevered as if seeing the one who is invisible. Now, I want you to really focus in the minute we have left on that phrase. Seeing the one who is invisible. Faith is committing and persevering as if each day you are seeing the one who is invisible. Do you get it? Keep that in your mind and you will be faithful and committed to all this and prayer. And prayer is the proof of your faith. So I ask you right now to if, if somebody's hearing my voice and doesn't know Yeshua, the first thing is to commit, uh, you know, to repent, to say you're sorry for your sins. Believe and, and say that you believe in Yeshua and that he's the atonement for your sins and dedicate your life today, just as I did 55 years ago. Dedicate your life to him forever. 
And we know that the Lord, <laughs> with through faith and committed to persevere in prayer, the next step we're going to see is revival. And so I pray that you will come back next week when we can talk about revival and prayer and how it works together. Let me end in prayer. Father, I pray in the name of Yeshua, pour out your spirit on each person who is hearing my voice. I ask, O Lord, that you would give them a committed heart, a heart that is willing to persevere, and the strength by the power of your Spirit to do both of those things with all of our commitments, but especially the most important commitment, which is the commitment to follow the Lord, to pray to the Lord, to let the Lord be number one in your life. And so I pray that your first priority and that you will grow in your desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah. I thank you and praise you. In the name of Yeshua, amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel.